Not in isolation, not in lockdown. No, we're just snowed in today. Um, snow. We got knee deep, deep snow in Toronto. And before, um, before anybody from the rest of the country is like, huh, I do that all the time. Yeah, because you live in that part of the fucking country. We don't live in that part of the fucking yeah, country. <laughs> we live here right. where it snows three to four centimeters mostly. Um, and I've never like the city is dead. It's a dead no, th- city. It's the biggest storm in 23 years, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. They've shut down all the major routes. Police are like, please, please go home. Everybody, it's it's nuts. It, like, I haven't seen it like this in a long, long time. Is it's the it biggest roots? storm or routes? So, Ooh, I think either roots. Roots? Because roots are roots. for a tree. Mm, right? Yeah, but English is a silly language, Jesse, and there's lots of words that sound the same. It's true. And like when you're a wide receiver, you run a route, right? But you could argue that a route is like a, like a route is like a route, Jesse. Because it is that which binds us together, kind of like a root in the ground. A, a root brings a tree, nutrients. That's right. That's how it works. And we are the nutrients that keep the city. I running. thought it was funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nutrients, Steve. Nutrients. Um, well, have you ever heard a British person say jaguar? Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> You're like, wow, that is really aggressive. Hey, so mm. I got a question for you before we get started here. Uh-huh. I want to talk about, and, and if you're from anywhere south of like, I don't know, south of uh, Pittsburgh, I don't know if this, this matters to you, but um, what is, I, I want to talk about uh, snow etiquette. Can we talk about snow etiquette for a second here? If you've oh, never seen I've snow- been anticipating this story. Okay. Very interested in snow <laughs> etiquette. So, so, okay, let's, let's be straight here. This is a terrible snowstorm. It sucks. And I don't have a huge driveway. Thankfully, my garage quite literally backs onto a, um, onto a laneway. So there's nothing to shovel, right? Like you, but the front, you got to shovel, you know, down because, you know, there's the sidewalk and everything. You got to make sure people can walk by. Um, mm-hmm. It's your duty uh, as a citizen, if you can possibly manage it to clear as much snow as you can, at least, you know, onto your lawn or onto the road or whatever you want to do. So my neighbors are never home, never, ever, ever home. And, uh, and I always shovel their walk because our walks are sort of adjoining, right? Like they quite literally are right beside each other. It's the same interlock. It's the same stone. They were put in at the same time. They are, they are joined as though they were one. So all year being the guy that I am, you just shovel your neighbor's walk and you do their sidewalk because you want to, right? Because that's a good thing to do. If you're the first one out, you should shovel their drive. Or you should shovel their walk. So I drive in today and, and I was saying to Steve and Jesse, I had to drive into work today. You know, it's on a, on a, on a morning, like I, I drive in at like 5.15, 5.30. It takes me eight minutes to get to work from where I live. If all the lights turn the right way at the right time. What a dream. It took me 35 minutes to get from A to B this morning. And, um, and that's just because it, it, like the snow was so crazy. So, um, I get home and again, it takes me another half an hour to get home. No problem. Like no big deal. And none of the, none of the, none of the neighborhood is, is plowed. So there's like those two little tire tracks from the other big SUV that made it through. And I'm so grateful that I drive a pickup truck because I was able to kind of maneuver my way through and everybody's car is covered in like two feet of snow. 
That Honda Ridgeline is really working. That's right. Yeah, you guys all make fun of me for having a Honda pickup, but boy, did it work out well today. I don't say anything um, about your Honda pickup. And uh, um, I, you know, like it, it was so bad, guys, that to park in front of my house, which you have to parallel park, there were no cars, but I had to get a rolling start backing up and then doing the way just so I could slide it in because I had to go th- bust <laughs> through the snow to park my car. Toronto and drift. So once I get... Once I get my car parked and I'm about to walk up to my house, I realize, obviously, and again, like above knee deep snow, my walkway is not shoveled. Fine. My neighbor's walkway is shoveled. And not only is it shoveled, but he's left some of the fucking snow on my side. And I'm like, like, listen, I know you're never home and you know, you, he probably doesn't know that I shovel his walkway every time. But the, mm-hmm. the salt in the wound was he just left his snow on top of the snow that I already had to shovel. And I was, and I'm, and I'm just wondering, and, and maybe this is dad, there's probably hardcore dad energy right now. I get it. I'm just wondering, do I have a right to be a little bit miffed? Did he do the specific scoop and put on your side? Well, so you know how you, 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 it's like a, you drop and like push, drop and push, right? Yeah. So there's like a little bit, yeah, there's that, you know, you, you can tell the difference between snow that's just fallen out of the sky and snow that's been moved. Yep. The snow that's been moved was on top of the snow that so had been falling out of the sky moved, on both sides. He moved his snow to yes. your side. Yes. And he, he pushed, oh. A little, well, like he had, a lot of it was on his side, uh, yeah. like on his lawn, and I get it. It's totally cool. Yeah. But but then he put some of it on mine, like as though he'd like flipped a few little, and I'm like, <laughs> And guys, you've been up my walkway. It's two feet wide. It's not like this is long. I mean, it, it might be 10 feet from the street and it's two feet wide. It's not hard to to just shovel it. I just shovel it. It's just it's do a, it. Yeah, it's it's a minor transgression, but because of how easily avoidable it is, you're 100 percent in the right to be missed. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on your side here. Yeah. Thank you. S- yeah. Snow etiquette's a big thing. I didn't realize until I was a grown up and owned my okay. own house that all the things my mom and dad taught me about snow etiquette were a hundred percent right. For example, and this is a very suburban thing. You know how you'll have your lawn and maybe you'll have a neighbor on this side and you share the lawn. Then you have a neighbor on the other side and you have this, it's not a lawn. It's a tiny strip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. At all costs, you do not put snow on the tiny strip. You, you're okay. brushing snow off the car. You know, you have to do like a little bit. That's fine. But you do not do half and half. Right. And have this ridiculous wall that ultimately is just going to tumble Collapse. onto their side of the driveway. Totally. Because now you're creating more work for them. What, how far do you have to shovel on the sidewalk between houses? I think we all know what the parameters are, what halfway between the two houses is, but just general howdy neighbor etiquette is you go past that. I, if you're the first one out there to me, I yeah. do my sidewalk, this guy's and that guy's. What yes. you just said, yes. that's, that's the most yes. important part of this whole thing. The sidewalk etiquette. That's yes. exact. If you're the first person out, that's exactly what you do. And then the other person repays the favor at some other date. But at yes. any time you go out there, because I, I since I was, I don't know, 10, my parents made me shovel the driveway. It was my job. Yep. So I, 
always I went up to my neighbor, my neighbor and she, she lived there. I went all the way to her driveway on the other yep. side. You go all the yep. way to the other side. You got to do it every single time. My Good dad, neighbor. Well, my, my, dad would wake us up. my dad would wake us up at 530 in the morning if it snowed on a school day to make sure that we could do our neighbors. Like it was important oh, to him. Oh, wow. Like, so what he was right. Yeah. He's right. So so he had this oil guzzling fucking uh, uh, environmental hazard of a snow snowblower. Like oh, this thing, this thing oh, where oh. my family is responsible <laughs> for global warming with this fucking machine. I'm not kidding. And it was so bad because my dad was super cheap about this. I don't know why he needed to buy this rust bucket piece of shit, but it took him half an hour to get it going every time. And once it worked, it was working fine, but it was he puffing blue, shoveled. blue smoke <laughs> in the air. And yeah. And so we had, we had, um, we had a couple different shovels and one of them was those old rusty ice scraper, heavy shovels. Yeah. And it worked really, really well, but he would send me out and he'd be like, you do the walkways and you do, we had Hal and Lois on one side and we had Jim and Vera on the other side. And he said, you do, J you do Jim and Vera's and then you do Hal and Lois's sidewalk. And then when you're done, if I'm not, if I haven't caught up with you, you start doing their driveways too. Cause they're older. And you do yeah. that. We and had a neighbor. He was the only one like on our little block who had an actual snowblower. Everybody else with the shovels. And he used to go out into the street and do like the street in front of his house. Because he had the time and, you know, he's just a dad. It's amazing. Just, why not snowblow some more stuff? There was a guy in our neighborhood today. And I, again, I don't know why he has this gigantic snowblower, but he does. We don't have driveways, so I'm not really sure what he's doing with it. <laughs> But he hooked around the entire fucking block with this thing. He just did all the sidewalks for everybody. He showed off. But he spent too much of Canadian tire and he needs to get yeah. his money's worth. I better use this. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong. What is it? He is taking responsibility for who he is. Yeah, and right. that is snowblower guy. <laughs> he is snowblower guy. Not every streets. I'm sure there are more affluent neighborhoods where everyone is snowblower guy. My street is not that street. There are a small handful of snowblower guys. Right. And when you're done being snowblower guy to yourself, <laughs> it is your responsibility to march down the street and be snowblower guy for at least two other neighbors. Yeah, 100%. Two. Yeah, 100%. I accept my responsibility for who I am, which is salt guy. Oh, you're salt guy. I am salt guy. I took up this mantle about three years ago because instead of, you know, going out and getting the, the salt and you get your tiny little bag and you basically out of, out of a salt shaker from the kitchen, uh, you know, and, and you're like, like a little bag of cocaine, just like yeah, salt. I just need a little bit of salt in the long way. It is, you don't do that. No, nice and early in the season. You get a bunch, you fill up one of those Home Depot buckets, mm -hmm. and then you do your walkway every time you, you cut open like a, like a thing of orange juice or an old laundry detergent, whatever, and that's your scoop, and you salt your walkway, and you salt your sidewalk, and that guy's sidewalk, and that guy's sidewalk to both sides, and if any neighbor comes to you for a little bit of that, can I get a cup of winter sugar? That's salt. <laughs> you give it to them because yep. you're salt guy. That is your role. And if you don't respect your role as salt guy, all of society collapse. It's true. Collapses. It's true. I, salt guy is a little lower on the list for me. 
because sometimes, oh yeah definitely sometimes salt guy can be the lazy guy Oh, salt guy comes yeah. out after everything's kind of been shoveled. The two neighbors already did his parts of the sidewalk and he comes yeah. out just tossing. He, he doesn't even need a, the big coat. He has his regular winter coat yes. on. So he's, just tossing salt. <laughs> he's only out there for five minutes. <laughs> he's and out there like two, salt bay. Like I helped. I, I, I helped did my job here. <laughs> I tossed no. the little salt. I only no. have one pair of pants on. I know I'm not going to be out here for a long time. Right. Yep. So, Steve, don't be that salt guy because salt no. guy could be a bad thing. I'm not that salt guy. How? Okay. No. <laughs> and they, you know what, Jesse? It's good that you brought that sort of salt guy up because they give salt guys a bad name. It's true. And I'm it's here true. to tell salt guys that to do your part. <laughs> Just do your part. <laughs> so, I want to conclude the story because I also want to mention that this guy had done his sidewalk, but of course had done right up to the middle of our walkway and left it. No, so he did his, like, I think our, our lots might be like 30 feet wide max. Like it's not there. These are not big houses and uh, they're not wide houses. So he might've, or I don't know, is 30 feet a lot. I don't even know. Maybe it's 15. It's not, they're not big. They're Toronto. Right. And like, they're tall, but they're not like wide. And so he's he's done like his like 15 feet of fucking his, his sidewalk and then just left it for me. And so I mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I did mine. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. He clearly did his a couple hours ago because some snow had fallen since then. So here's what I did. I cleared the sidewalks both sides because it ain't a sidewalk is not personal. Sidewalk is what you do for the city. You do that as a good citizen. Society. That's right. You do that for society. Sorry. Yeah, but for him specifically, there was probably about three or four inches left on his walkway because it had been a while since he shoveled. So do you think I cleared those fucking three inches? I hope so. No, I, I oh, left. No, him. I left him. I don't even care. I'm sending a message. And by the way, no, don't worry. You don't be vindictive. Don't worry. Oh. worry. I'm going to go out and get it after. But I had to come down and do the show. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to I want him to look out his window and go, fuck. And then I'm going to go out and do it. I want him to know I've been shoveling this guy every time it has snowed since last, like early March when we moved in. I've been shoveling this guy's snow. I've been watching his house. And the reason I shovel his snow is and, and make sure his mail isn't fucking everywhere. I've seen him three times in my entire life. The reason I do that is because if if people case houses, they look at houses that were, where it looks like people aren't home. So I shovel his walk so That's it doesn't old, look like he's not there. Old dad thing. Oh, yeah. no, you're right about that. Like, you're yeah. not wrong, you know? So anyway, it, listen, was it petty? Absolutely. But sometimes, man, you got to put your foot down and send a message, okay? Just be a good neighbor. Yeah. Just be a good neighbor. Here, this last thing. I have a neighbor next to me who's never home. They're never home. I'll shovel his entire driveway. That's if the, that's what you should do. Yeah, that's if the, the right snowfall thing. is light enough, I'll shovel his entire driveway because he's never home. Right. Like, who knows? It's going to snow tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day. And then it's going to be this big job for him to do. No, you do it when you're not home because I'll come home after garbage day and my recycle bins and green bin will be right in front of the garage door. I still don't know which neighbor does it. That's I still really don't nice. know. Oh, wow. I still don't know. I've been here seven years. I still don't know. And I hope to never know because I just like it being one of those things. He didn't know I was the guy shoveling his driveway every time. Until one time he happened to be home and he walked out and he like caught me. And I was, mm -hmm. I was like embarrassed. <laughs> and then, you know what this guy does a couple years ago, or was it last year? It was 
in recent memory, I'm shoveling a hell storm. I'm like, oh, my back hurts. This is taking forever. I'm sweating. Doesn't this dude come out with a snowblower I didn't know he even had? And uh, all of a sudden, a half hour job turns into five minutes, and it was great. Just be a good neighbor. That's all anyone's asking. If you can truly build up some good trust with your neighbors, I know neighbors that will allow other neighbors into their garage, like give them the code to use their snowblower. Like if they're not home. Yeah, that's how it was. Like we're on my street where I grew up. That's how it was. And I'm seeing, here's the thing. My neighborhood is really community. Like they go all out for Halloween. They go all out for Christmas. There's a lot of kids. That's why we moved here because I wanted Everly to grow up on a great street with a bunch of kids. And um, and I like everybody's out today helping each other out, digging but out this like one I told, fucking guy. This fucking guy. And you, do you want to know why? Do you want to know why he's even home? Because he's what? selling the house. He's home because he's selling the house. And it's like, dude, I'm glad you're selling. I hope the next person gets it. I hope the next person gets it. Get out of here. Steve, you need a new house? Yeah. Well, I bet this is really affordable. What's it like? 600 <laughs> super, super unaffordable. Yeah. That's why I'm renting this house. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't buy it. Who could afford uh, that? <clears throat> anyway, the, the um, if you're if you have a neighbor who's never home, like Whoops. there's ever in their house that you got to mow their lawn, you got to shovel their driver. That's a thing. It's not That's like we thing. live in the most dangerous city in the world. But, you know, you don't want people to know that no one's living in a home. So protect, as, a, as, a neighbor, neighbors. As, yeah. a, as a good neighbor thing, definitely shovel the driver. That's very nice of you, Steve. Yeah, you're good man, Steven, you're a good man. man. You're a better man than I. I have always had great neighbors. I've oh, you know what I had growing up? I miss this neighbor. We had oh, hey, they, and they would literally reach over the fence. We made too much food. Like here, That's take some great. of this food at a barbecue. And like they would have like 30 people in their backyard. They had an enormous family and you made too much food. How much food did you make, sir? And madam, but we would get it. It'd be good stuff. Mm. Oh, God, um, I missed that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So listen, I mean, there's a few things that we want to touch on today. I think the first thing is the Oilers. We got to talk about them. Uh, no, I know oh, we have to talk about the Leafs. Oh, be careful! What? Oh, because we're from Ontario. I don't know. What? Did we get? Did we get anti? I thought all, Oilers oh. fans were amazing last time. They were like, "Yeah, we agree." At least that's what I, I saw. I don't know. I'm feeling sheepish lately. I can't feel like I, t- I can't talk about anybody. Don't. Well, that's because uh, because no matter what you do, somebody's going to be upset. But Steve, the thing is, is that. You could have people upset at you or you could have nobody tweet you at all. I know. I'm and baghead I, now. I'm <laughs> baghead now. You're baghead now? For yeah. what? Uh, criticizing the Leafs for blowing leads 
far more often than anybody else. Well, we, we got it. We do have to talk about that, but I do, I do want to quickly touch on the Oilers. Cause I think the Leafs are absolutely, we need to talk about it. Oh, uh, so I'm let, not sure. Let me I'm just talk sure. about this. Do so we got to talk about hockey? I don't know. Let's Oilers, keep talking about snow. The Oilers. Um, there was rumors of today about a, um, about a press conference. Now, uh, Jesse, you did the CJ show this morning and to give a little top line, cause Chris, Chris handles a lot of this stuff where like, it likes, you know, when you see rumors going around, <coughs> you ask Chris, right? So what did he say? Uh, just that uh, no coach looks to be letting go in Edmonton anytime soon. It's not something uh, Ken Holland does very often. It looks like Tippett's job is safe for now. Any rumors of a, um, a firing happening this day or this week is probably not definitely going to happen. Okay. And CJ expands, expands on it on why, but yeah, on the shows, you check out a show, Yeah, but I, I think, you know, I, I am surprised. I'm still surprised at how many Oiler fans think are, th- I think, I think maybe because the proximity of Vancouver, right. There's a coaching change in Vancouver. Vancouver Canucks are looking amazing. They won again yesterday. Like they're they're It's amazing. But do we think that, and again, I, I, maybe my answer would have been different even a week ago, but watching Connor McDavid's press conference last night after losing to the Sens, it was hard. Hard to see that. You know, like they lost to the 30th place team. Do, is a coaching change going to change this? Are we sure? Even if it did happen. Like, all right, they don't have Mike Smith, right? And I'm not here to slander Mike Smith because the Oilers are talking like, all they need is Mike Smith to come back. Okay, it's hard to play without your starting goalie, for God's sake. Good teams get wins. They get wins with the backup. They get wins with the third. We've seen them get wins with the fourth and the fifth. Vegas, as an expansion team, got wins with Oscar Dansk and Maxim Lagasse. Uh, Michael Hutchinson. Malcolm won- Subban, too? Was no? Maybe? Uh yeah, but he was like year. the backup. <clears throat> oh, he was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that year uh, for the first bit. Um, you know, there are other teams too. Like, Jesus, goalies win. You get win. Joseph Wool. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like, he, he's he's got some wins. Rookie goalies, you're able to get wins. The Oilers have won with Miko Koskinen before, they've won with Stuart Skinner before. They're not winning anything right now. So to put this squarely on goaltending, it's just not real. And looking at Connor McDavid after that game, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, let's ignore the previous conversation we had about McDavid and being aloof and combative and all that. Like it's losing to the point where it's toxic, right? There are losing streaks, and teams get mad and they, they get a little prickly and they find a way. The Oilers are not finding a way. And there's an, I, I, how would you describe McDavid at that press conference? Re- remembering that that's not just the team's best player. It's their captain. I saw dejected. I saw like, and I saw a, a it, you know what it is? It's apathy. It's, it's like, it almost, it, and you could see it a little bit with the Evander Kane comments. And maybe I'm wrong, like, maybe I'm misreading the guy, but it just feels like he doesn't give a fuck. 
And that's, that's the problem, right? Like, you know, Leaf fans, we saw this uh, at, during the Horacek part of this season, and I think it freaked out MLSE. They stopped selling out games because people were like, why the fuck would I go see that? And the Leafs could sell out anything at any time. When they were at the worst, they were still selling out. And I, with Connor McDavid, what I see is a guy who's so beyond frustrated. It's like, what's the point? Why would I even get mad? There it is. So it's, it's not about him not caring by Sorry, nature. Yeah. Yes, you're right. So that was something that I maybe didn't communicate properly the last time. It's not about him not caring by nature. It's that uh, he's broken a little bit in terms of spirit. You can get that back. You can unbreak it. It heals. Um, who's going to provide the cast? Anybody? Bueller? The oil? That's a layup. You got a 3-1 lead on the Sens. Come on. And like it was hard fought at the end. One of the Sens scored with a helmet that wasn't even his. Did you see that? Yes. <laughs> like it's, it's a big problem there. But again, they find themselves in a similar situation to the Canucks, like you mentioned, where the Canucks didn't act right away because they were like, oh, shit. Like, this wasn't even on the agenda. We, this wasn't a consideration of ours. Do you think the Oilers considered they would be in this position? No. What's happening right now, like, when I look at Edmonton, I'm shocked. And I can't imagine. And that's how I, I think McDavid has some of that in him as well. Just shock and awe. And because they shouldn't be out of the playoffs this year. The Edmonton Oilers should be a p- playoff team. And it wasn't in the realm of of possibility that the Oilers would miss the playoffs. None of us had them outside of the playoffs. Like they have oh. McDavid and Dreisaitl. They just need some people around them and a little bit of goaltending. They'll make the playoffs. And, and they had support cast scoring last night, by the way, too. Yeah, and it, that didn't even work. So I, I would be dumbfounded, too, if I was just a member of that organization because it was out of the realm of possibility that you'd be sitting here with 47 games to go well outside of a playoff spot. Um, something there. Uh, so Ken Holland, I think we agree. He hasn't been there long enough to get fired. (laughs) Like GMs don't get fired after two seasons, but locking up Barry, locking up CC trading for Duncan Keith at full cost trading Ethan bear, locking up Darnell nurse a year ahead of time to nine and a quarter. Those are all in the same summer and all on defense. Well, you're forgetting the reason he had to lock him up a year early, Steve, is because he, he bridged him. He bridged Darnell Nurse as well. Let's not forget that. He was the guy who was like pushing for the bridge deal. What an unholy catastrophe. What a catastrophe of a summer. All at one position. And goalie, what goalie do you think you're going to get? I tell you what, if Marc-Andre Fleury gets traded to the Oilers and they do anything of consequence in the playoffs with that defense, the Hall of Fame argument, if there ever was one, is over. Put him in. There's not one. Put him in immediately. One. Rename the Stanley Cup <laughs> after him. Make a, the, you know, <laughs> so you went from one extreme to the other. No, no. I'll uh, scrap the Con Smythe trophy. It's out of date. Why is it in the shape of Maple Leaf Gardens? Just make it into a flower. A flower with immaculate teeth. 
I'll, I'll let an artist do a rendering of that because seriously, seriously. Yeah. They're not getting goaltending because their defense is catastrophic. Catastrophic. I didn't bring up the depth guys because that's not their depth guys. Like it, that shouldn't make or break you. It's your top four. Their top four is abysmal. They got a guy. They got one guy and a guy who's going to be a guy, but he's too young to be the guy at the moment. Takes a while to be the guy. Takes a while to be the guy. And now they got all these postponed games and they're going to play 50 (laughs) games in 40 nights or something coming up. And uh, that, that gives them some runway to make up points, but Oh my God, is the rest of the season going to be so hard for them. You've really got two options. It's yeah. you undo your own moves that you did like four months ago, which How I don't do think that? any GM is going to do because that's your own moves and you're not going to admit you're wrong. Or you fire a head coach to try and motivate the guys or you stand pat and you throw the season in the trash and you have the entire uh, ownership group uh, on top of you upset. Like, so it's just lose, lose, lose situations here. And I don't know which lane to pick. Um, the interesting little thing here uh is the oilers farm team the bakersfield condors is doing spectacularly and i can't remember the coach's full name woodcroft is it um it's jim woodcroft i'm not sure jim is a good hockey guess (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna type in jim woodcroft and we'll see mike mike is it mike woodcroft that's a good there's a james woodcroft no jimmy no, no, I don't think it's him. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Ted. Listen. Ted's a good hockey name, too. Mm, it is. Yeah, but it's a bit of an older one. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Ted's lately. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he's maybe he's like a, a younger coach. Like he suffered an injury, and so he started coaching early. It's Blazing Woodcroft <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. B-L-E-H-Y. Z apostrophe N blazing wood. What do you, what do you guys do? Do you fire the head coach? Do you trade a bunch of guys? Do you stand pat? You mortgage the future to get somebody in the door for Connor McDavid and Leandre Seidel. That's what you do, man. You don't have a future without them. And here's what, here's what I was thinking, right? We're talking about the apathy thing earlier. Like, I don't know if this is as bad as it's ever been in Edmonton, but it's close. And what did we say the last time it got this bad? Like when Ken Holland took over, we were like, tick, tick, tick. Connor McDavid, tick, tick, tick. How long is he going to want to be here? And I, you know, it wouldn't shock me if at the end of this season, he said, I can't fucking do this. It wouldn't shock me. Would it shock you? Would you, would you, would Oilers fans blame Connor McDavid for that? No, dude, that's the crazy thing. I've seen a bunch of tweets. (laughs) I've seen a bunch of tweets like, bro, go, go get it somewhere else. I mean, <laughs> that's uh, who knows? Maybe trading Connor McDavid is what turns the whole franchise around. Andrew Berkshire sent me a, fa- a fascinating text today. Uh, I don't know. Every now and then he just sends me an interesting hockey text because he's, he's good just, for that. And you're like, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's just doing research all the time. He's, he tell, he told me the Quebec Nordiques drafted first overall in 1989, 1990 and 1991. They built a championship team within five years with none of those players. Matt yeah, so- Sundin, Owen Nolan, and Eric Lindros, all of them out the door, and then they won the cup. So, you know, 
just when you think it's darkest and i always say that that's that's the magic factor there are times where you could look at a team on paper and it's just a piece of shit and you go they're gonna overachieve because we're all thinking they're gonna get 30 points next year and that's just not how hockey works i, I want to say this achieve i, I want to say this i i I think a lot of people are going to have a bone to pick with you for counting the Avalanche <coughs> Stanley Cup as a Nordique Stanley Cup. Oh, like, what did, what people, did you just no. do there, Steve? No, yeah, that's where true. are they from, Quebec? That's true. That's true. But no, it's, would, would Patrick Waugh have ended up with the Quebec Nordiques if they had not moved to Colorado? Would that trade have happened? I don't know. No. That's like, a, there's that's no way. <laughs> that's, a, that's such a good point. It's such a good point. It's not Patrick a Quebec Waugh was like Stanley kind of Cup. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the a Quebec City, really good like, point. Quebec City would have won something eventually. They would have had to sort out their goaltending, though. If they had held on to Jose Theodore, they wouldn't have won. And he Jocelyn was good. Tebow. Sorry, Jocelyn, Jocelyn Tebow. Tebow. I don't think, you know, no offense to Jocelyn Tebow, who had some good years. I just don't think he was cup caliber. Now, yeah, that- I want to I want to say this about about the Oilers. Um, the the frustration that the fans are feeling, obviously the players are feeling whatever. I mean, 10 games from now, this could be completely different, but I think, and we know that, right? If they win seven of their next 10, it's a different conversation. But I want to, I want to mention this because every time the Oilers get good or have a good streak, we go, okay, now's the time they're going to take off. And we've been doing this for six years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not six, maybe four of those six years. Remember they, they went to the second round, I think in Connor McDavid's second or third year. And everybody's like, okay, now's the time. Miss the playoffs the next year. And they go through these streaks where they that win shocking. a lot. Yeah. They win a lot. And then they go, and we go, okay, now's the time. Now it's where the Oilers go. And every single time this happens, there's you're good, 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 bad, 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 bad. It always evens out and they always kind of end up where they are. So with the next time that these guys fly, which they will, Connor McDavid and Leon will, will take off again. It'll happen and they'll explode and everybody will be like, wow, this is crazy. They're so great. And they are. I want to remind everyone of what we're seeing right now and how I will consistently, sort of like with the Leafs, be waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, like thing. every it's time, the, every time the Oilers do well, everybody's like, yeah, see, fuck you, Toronto, man. Like, what, like, what? I, and, 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 like, and I didn't every, say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy. I want Carter McDavid in the playoffs winning a cup. I want that. I want that. He's from Newmarket. I want that. I want it. But guys, this happens every time. And every time we're like, I can't believe this. I, ju- I just can't believe it. <laughs> 40 times. Come on. Yeah, but I'm like they, that with the Leafs. I, I like I'll every year. I'm like, I'm like, no. The, as as much as I'm dreading everything, this is the year where the correction comes. This is the oh, year I, where they Steve, break yes. through. And yes. that's why I was still so flummoxed at what happened against Montreal. Like you saw the look on my face. I look like I saw a ghost because I'm like, are you fuck? There's no way. There's no way. Oh, there's there's just way. no way. The there's writers way. of Space Jam couldn't have come up with this shit. Oh, yeah. Anyways. So, so um, anyway, long story short, uh, whatever changes happen in Edmonton, I think it's absolutely like, listen, I know that Baker, I've been hearing about Bakersfield for two years. I, I, I have to be honest, as somebody who's seen it with the Marlies, we saw them win a Memorial Cup or, or sorry, Calder Cup. Um, and some of those players made it. Some mm-hmm. of those players were good players. Mm-hmm. Johnson, Kapanen, Dermott. Um, who else is like, there's a lot of players on the team that, that on the Leafs currently that, that played for them. 
They had there a lot of NHLers. Yeah, a lot Trevor, of NHL for Trevor sure. Moore. But from that championship team, everybody's like, "Wow, watch out! The Leafs are this good in the NHL, and their and their AHL teams winning championships." Let me tell you something: it's going to be two to three guys max that really come in and make a huge difference. AHL and team success tricks you. That could be enough for the Oilers. Like they could, if they could get a couple 40, 50 point guys out of that team, great. They could get one steady defenseman out of that team, great, awesome. They still have a goalie who was born in the Stone Age. No offense, Mike, you're doing great. So you can't rely on him for too many games. And you got another goalie whose contract's expiring, so hopefully you can figure that out. And I, I think that don't, don't rest too much on the AHL, guys. We've seen it. We did it. We did it. And they were good players, but we did it. And they, the Leafs still lost. So, so just remember that. Like, everyone's like, oh, next season, next season. No, I, like, Connor McDavid's like 25. Like, when do you want to do this, guys? Uh, right. the, moment, the moment I knew they weren't going to, they were going to really struggle to have success mm-hmm. is this summer when they decided having a right side that was two-thirds CC Barry. I'm looking at their defense right now. That's what we saw. That, at. We saw that in Toronto. We know what that looks like. Yeah. Like, so as a Leaf fan, like that's why I feel uniquely qualified to comment on that. Like, I'm not talking about Matthews versus Vic McDavid or anything. We literally saw this not work in spectacular fashion for 70 games plus a bubble. Yeah. And you gave them more money than the Leafs did. To do it again? <coughs> Get him a television! Mm-hmm. Get him every streaming package! Get another job! What? Are you kidding? Right now, it's Nurse. Hey, Cece. Oh, Keith. Uh, Barry. Uh. And then by the time you get to Lagos and Bouchard, you're like, oh, but like, the Future. top four is so bad, it doesn't matter. Get a clue! That's, dude, you put Kale McCarr on the right side above CC Barry. It doesn't win you shit. That's uh, horrible. That's no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I mean, it might no, win you a few more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, might, you might do better. I think you'd do better. <laughs> oh, oh, you'd do I better. He'd be you'd third on the better. team in scoring, okay? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You'd do better, but like, uh, get a clue. Get a clue. There's no. Yeah. CC had a good time in Pittsburgh. Because oh, he was good. working within a system that continually brings in players that are cast-offs and makes it work. Well, the Pittsburgh also, system is is amazing. They bring in players. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? And he wins the con Smythe. He's you're got like, this. You know, he's got, got this, a thing. He's got this Jack Johnson like magic about him, where he'll play nine bad games and ever everyone just watches like this with, <laughs> with, their, with their hands over their eyes, right? <laughs> and then they play one good one and they go see. And they, I watched every shift of that game, and he was great for every one of them. And then he's bad for the next nine. And the, and everyone just talks about the – look at it. Look at how good he is. And I'm just like uh, – mm-hmm. Like, I, here's the thing. I'm sorry. I'm not the, trying to be mean. The Pittsburgh system is so strong that Chris Kunitz got to play at the Olympics. I mean, hey, <laughs> like, that's – They booted somebody off that five team cups? for Chris Kunitz. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. guys, but like, and Chris Kunitz was a good player. Are you going to put Chris Kunitz on it? Are you honestly going to go back on the 2014 team, Team Canada, and go, Chris Kunitz, for sure? I'd have to know. Fucking who's, for sure. No, he's there off. because Sidney Crosby says he's there. That's why he's there. That's sure. why he's there. 
And 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 like, listen, you don't have to like that, but it's the case. He's not it's, the best winger at that position. Get it out was of here. The Zach, earlier in the year when everyone was like, Zach Hyman should make the Olympic team. It was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got intangibles. He brings these uh, things. I mean, Zach Hyman was numbers. playing great, though. <laughs> like, yeah. Hyman had better numbers. Way better. Way better uh, than Kudits. Uh, whatever anyway, they want. So, so here's but, here, to, to wrap it all up, it's a problem in Edmonton. And again, I'm going to ask the question. Here I am, Toronto guy, stirring up all the shit. TikTok, baby. When is when does Connor McDavid say this is hopeless? Because Oilers fans are already saying it. We're a little bit away from it. Okay. You know. I talked about this last show. Mm-hmm. As a Rogers uh, employee uh, working for the rights holder here, I saw a tweet that said, right now, January 16th, whatever it was, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the only Canadian team in a playoff spot. Oh, and I actually almost no way. Fell. Is that true? I, yeah, I actually almost fell to the ground. Oh, what, like the mathematical odds. Are you are you are you? Please no. Oh, that's please, bad. McDavid, stay there and win. Please, that's so bad. Please, you can say all the mean things about Toronto and Ontario you want. Just win, God, good God, please win. For the love of God. I think Vancouver's going to make it. The more I watch them, I think they're going to make it. God, I hope so. I mean, they're on even, their way up. Even in their losses, they got fight. Yeah. Now, yeah. You know? They're, they're yeah. looking great. They're fun to watch. Hey, Vancouver's back, man. Yeah. They're, they're bubble Vancouver again. It's great. Um, I, I, I want to move on to the Leafs. a lot to get through, but yeah. I want to move on to the Leafs. I want to move on to the Leafs because um, the what we saw on back. Saturday. What's that? Canucks are one back of the Oilers. Yeah, Oilers sorry, they're not. one point back of the Oilers. Yeah, yeah. with three mm-hmm. games in hand, uh, the Oilers have. But what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Anyway, seven <laughs> years in for Connor McDavid, the seventh year. I think. I think he's going to give it? it a little bit more time, but you know, it, like you said, Adam, it's probably ticking. Drafted in fifteen, it's twenty twenty two, ladies and gentlemen. He rebuilt his own PCL quicker than the Oilers rebuilt their bottom six. Learn something about hockey. Good God. Well, Steve, they tried what? to rebuild their bottom six last summer. That's what they tried to do. Like, these are the pieces that are available. Mm-hmm. We got to get Duncan Keith. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We need him at full price. I'll pay anything. I'll give you anything. Cap space. Fuck it. What do we need that for? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Anyway, um, I want to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So listen, um, it's it's if you're not directly in Leafs nation. I want to explain how it, how it is right now. You've got Leaf fans that have bled 
for a long time. They, we saw this team be bad for a long, long time. All of us. Mm-hmm. And we saw a little light at the end of the tunnel. I remember that. I remember that April 13th, 2016, I think it was. It was my birthday. That's how I know this. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs get the first overall pick. And I remember like in my, in my living room audibly yelling. I remember Steve, I think you did something for sports that, that night. I, I wind sprinted around these studios. There's a behind the scenes video. I got to find it somewhere, but story who we had on our podcast story, Sarah's, she was recording my reaction and streaming it. And there's a behind the scenes footage of me sprinting and her sprinting after me. Amazing. We got to find it. I Amazing. ran by Damian Cox and he's like, who the, f- <laughs> who hey, the I'm hell gonna re- I'm going to reblock that guy on Twitter. Anyway. Um, I, I think, <laughs> I think, um, I think, you know, you have to understand where this comes from. And then of course, obviously there've been some heartbreaking losses along the way. And at any time, anytime a team loses, there's reasons why they lose. It's the, they're young capitals here. Now they're young again, Boston first time. Uh, well, they're not so young, but the head coach is an optimizing play. Yeah. Right. Second mm. Boston year. Fire mm. the head coach. Bubble season. Didn't show up against Columbus. Lost their best defensive defenseman. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like yeah. a miraculous oh, yeah. comeback in game four. But without Muzzin, they were not the same team. Well, and with the bubble, they were almost shut out three straight games. They. Yeah. Or no. Sorry. Game three is the one where they, they blew a three nothing lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lost. Mm-hmm. They almost got shut out in game four. They were three and a half minutes from getting shut out. And then, and then the most comeback, crazy. The single most miraculous comeback in Stanley Cup playoff history, like even ahead of uh, maybe on par with the Boston game seven one. The difference was that was game freaking seven. And then in game five, they got shut out. Yeah. Boo. Yep. In so an then- elimination game, boo. So then the next next year, their captain takes a, you know, it's an unfortunate accident that happened with Corey Perry. Um, but like if you compare the Leafs and the Habs roster, and I understand Montreal made the, the Stanley Cup finals, and I understand that, mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, uh, Carey Price is the goalie. I get it. The Leafs should have shut it down in games four, five, and six. Right? The Habs they are currently it. worse than the Arizona Coyotes in the standings. Like that's there the thing. They're, that the, they're a, the last place team. They're the last place team in the league. And that's coming six months after they're in the Stanley cup final. Sorry, they this is a one-off. Sure. This is a one-off to me though. I will say that for Habs fans. Well, no, no. Cause yeah. Carey price. We're never sure if he's ever going to play it the same way again. And right. Shea Weber's never coming back. The, the lineups didn't compare to any team they play. They should have lost to Vegas. They should have lost to maybe Winnipeg. They should have probably lost to Winnipeg. They should have lost to the Leafs. They lost to the Lightning. Like it was, I don't, I still don't know how they did it. And right. I'll be dumbfounded so, for the rest of my life. So there's, there's a reason. I, Jesse, you nailed it. You so nailed it. And this is why I'm bringing this up. Against all odds, they lost every mm-hmm. time. One of those game seven should have gone their way. One of them. <laughs> One of them should have like gone there. Mathematically, Jake, Jake, Jake Gardner forgot to play hockey. That yeah. happened. Mathematically, um, there should have been a game where they got outshot forty to ten and one to one. Right. Flip a coin. Dermott decides to turn around for some reason. Yes. In the yes. <laughs> like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna press circle, 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 spin around. Boom. Let's go. Oh. We outshot them thirteen nothing in overtime. Oh, boo hoo. Spin around. So, so this is so this is the problem, right? You got Leaf fans. On one side are like, listen, I need something to believe in. 
it's really shitty in Ontario right now. And I want this team to be good. I desperately want totally. them to win. They I are desperately good. want them to win. And they did win on Saturday. Yeah. Then there's the other group of Leaf fans who are going, yes, they won, but they should have won in the second period. It should have been over. And what they did was they let the St. Louis Blues, who are admittedly a very good team, back in. And the problem is with Toronto Maple Leafs hockey, you can never be sure of any lead, no matter how wide. And we've seen this for the better part of a decade now. I think everybody can admit to that. So mm -hmm. what I want to ask Steve is you did, you did a video about this and I had it, by the way, I had a blast with that St. Louis game, had an absolute fucking ball. I loved watching game. it. It was a fun, fun game. I got to watch two periods of it with Sid Sixero on the stream. It was great. Why are people so mad at you? Uh, I don't know. I really, I, I mean, did you, did, what did you say in the video? I, I went over the top for sure, as I will do, but I don't always do that. I do that when I think the moment calls for it. And I thought the moment called for it. And I wasn't even lambasting the team. Like it wasn't, there was very little criticism of the actual team. It was just, oh my God, it's always the Leafs. Always the Leafs. You can never have a moment's peace. In a four-game span, everything I'm about to say is true. In a four-game span, they blew a 4-1 lead, a 3-1 lead, and another 3-1 lead. They also had a four-game road trip that included St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado and came out of it with five out of eight points. We're going to leave out the fact that the only game they lost in regulation was to Arizona. Mm-hmm. But like, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's a the Leafs. The Leafs are the best team. What we've come to expect. The yes. Leafs are the come best team the in the National Hockey League since November first, and that's not good enough. No, but it's not. Well, Jesse, it's not. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's okay. Not. Sorry, I thought totally you were trying win. to dig at me. I'm like, this is why I feel like I'm I'm taking crazy pills, and people are not. Like, do you do you just have the web browser on your TV and you stare at the standings for two and a half hours every Saturday? That's your night. Watch the games, man. You don't see this happening again, again. We even proved earlier this week, earlier this road trip, when they blew the lead to Colorado, that they're the team who does this the most. Statistically, they're the team that does it the most. No, I'm being mean. Okay. I, well, I, I don't. I, think, I don't. I don't think. What do you want? They're great. Hooray! It's, it's like, bizarre to me. To, you Sorry, want me to take? Ahead, no, I think what people want is for me to take nothing from every game. No, it's I six think it's five, that... and it's great because six is bigger than five. The end. Every video is. It's a TikTok. It's just 15 seconds. And the final tenor, I'm just staring at the camera because I've already told the story of the game. They won 6-5 the end. Right. Because of everything Adam outlined, nothing you say is going to convince anybody on either side of the Leafs argument that they're right or wrong. Because un until the playoffs happen and they don't Leafs it up in the playoffs, 
all of this, if you're like, hey, the Leafs are good right now because they're the best team in National Hockey League, you're on that side and you can't be proven wrong until the playoffs. And if you're on the they need to play better because they need to win in the playoffs, you can't be proven right until the playoffs happen. So it's this weird limbo and it's a very difficult situation for you who has to comment on every single game kind of rationally and point out with the flaws and what's actually going good. It's teetering on religion. Like, well, yeah, you, that's what you're dealing with, though. You know that. Yeah, you're yeah, that's fan. what fandom is. Do you believe or don't you believe? I, some people are going to believe and others aren't going to. And we're not going to know which one's right until we die. <laughs> <laughs> Except death. Death is the playoffs. Right? Yeah. So, so here's what I would say. I think what we all what, need to Jesse, do what? To, bridge, to bridge the gap. Here's what I want to say. Okay. <laughs> What I see from the Toronto Maple Leafs is a very, very good hockey team. You got some great <laughs> surprises here. Uh, you got Michael Bunting is fucking awesome. He's such a piece of shit. I love it. I love I him. He's a piece of shit. Michael Bunting. Uh, Andre Kasha was playing great. Um, Simmons and Spets are doing what they need to do. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you could show me all the advanced stats that you want. That's well, they're not very adding a whole lot. I don't fucking care. We've had advanced stats darlings in those positions, and they've done diddly squat. So yeah. I'm totally fine with them doing what they do. Morgan Riley looks good. Rasmus Sandin looks elite. Uh, Muzzin's clearly playing hurt. Justin Hall needs to find who find out who he is again. Love seeing Lilligren get a goal. Here's what I saw Saturday night, okay? Here's my balanced stake. I saw vintage Mitch Marner and vintage Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner hadn't played since December 2nd and came out there and in the first period to me was the best player on the ice. He was stealing pucks. He's creating turnovers. He's doing everything that Mitch Marner does and he never gets enough credit for this. Everyone's like, he's a great playmaker. He's a great playmaker. What I love about Mitch Marner's game is his takeaways in the neutral zone and his takeaways in the offensive zone. Just when the team thinks that they're about to break the puck out and everybody's, he's in there like a little mosquito, literally taking it away. And That's I say how he little, scored. He's probably as tall as I am, but for some reason, Mitch Marner, we have him pegged as small. He's I not. will die on the hill that he is six feet tall. There you go. I've met him so my, six feet tall. So my thinking in all this is, yeah, okay, so that was all good. But let's look at some of the goals against. And that was, two of them at least, were the Matthews line. And mm-hmm. Matthews has been very, very good defensively. Saturday night was tough. Was mm-hmm. really fucking tough for that line. Ryan O'Reilly sunned him hard on the first goal. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's... That is going to happen. Ryan O'Reilly's fucking awesome. And yep. uh, that, yep. that is going to happen. The thing with the Leafs this year, part of why they're so great. Yes, they've got elite scoring. Yes, their defense seems to be much better than it has in years. The last couple of years have been really good there. They're, they're riding a Vesna candidate goalie, guys. They are. Jack Campbell's great. been... What's that? Which is great. Hooray. It's great. But yeah. Jack Campbell can't be almost... He's like a, a, a millimeter away from less than two goals a game. He can't do that every night. No. So at a certain point, the structure of this team and the best line on it have got to play some defense. If Jack's not having the best night, and I, I didn't think the goals were that egregious that were scored on him, no. honestly. No. But they happened because of defensive strategy breakdown. They did. The stupid thing about that is that you could do that 16 times in two months and win the Stanley Cup. Totally. Jack Campbell, 100%. Jack Campbell can stand on his head 16 times and all of a sudden you have a Stanley Cup. J- Jonathan Quick with the LA Kings. And that was a yeah. great Kings team. But Jonathan Quick was, was the guy. He was unbeatable. Hey, unbeatable. unbeatable. F- simply a wall. And here's what I want to say about the Leafs. Here's what they are, okay? They're very exciting. Mm-hmm. They're, they're quite erratic. Period to period erratic. 
Mm-hmm. If they had a good first period, you can bet that they're going to come out slow the, the next five minutes of the second period. <laughs> they, you can you can count on it. Count on it. They get scored on in the first four minutes of each period in that game. Well, there you go. But but it was but faster each period. They do have this bit of je ne sais quoi about them. They've got a little bit of magic, a little bit. The yips. And it seems to be growing. And I'm excited about it because the last two years have been depressing as hell. Oh, you're this talking team, about the opposite. This team is, <laughs> to me, this team's a contender. It's just a matter of can they pull four games in a row at 60 minutes apiece together for four straight rounds? Haven't seen that yet, but I know they're capable. You know that they're capable. They can do this. Steve, they totally but you think they the have cup. the yips. They've clearly got the yips. How many games have they come out and shown they're the better team? Most games, and, they're the better and team. And then... Like 99% of the games. It's the yips. It, what, I don't, and what do you do about the yips? What do you do? What do they say with, with John Lester? I remember I read a book on the Cubs winning their 16 World Series. He mm-hmm. got the yips in Boston to throw throwing to first base. So the so he literally as a pitcher, if he picked up a grounder, he couldn't throw it to first base. So the Cubs signed him to like a 5-year deal and had to work a strategy around that because they weren't going to try to make him throw to first ever. And that's what that's what they did. It's kind of crazy to when you read it like Theo Epstein who's like a fucking genius is like, "Well, we just signed this all-star pitcher who, if it's a ground ball to the pitcher, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a definite on base there. That's crazy. They're the Leafs offensive zone defense. If that makes sense is clearly better than mm-hmm. in years past teams have a nightmare time trying to clear the zone on the Leafs. And that's, they're I think amazing. that's how they won the game. Yeah. Uh, their neutral zone defense clearly better than in years past. Uh, Nylander is one of the best first half of the neutral zone defenders in the league. Like he's a thief. He's a Mark Stone level thief mm-hmm. in that one section of the ice. Uh, it's harder to gain the zone in the back half of the neutral zone. The Leafs have a stronger stand up at the blue line. But what the Blues figured out in that game and what the Habs aggressively figured out in games five, six, and seven is if you crash with enough force, they go, fuck, 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 fuck. And they they just collapse towards the net in a way that is unbelievably unhelpful. And it's just going to eventually go in. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to get enough wax at it because you're all standing in the same spot like children. And it's going to go in. They're not strong enough in front of the net when that happens. See, I I agree. I agree. But I think them winning in St. Louis told me a lot. That they were able to overcome it? Yeah. I think that was a big one. I think that's a big, big win. More than, more than, I think more than, especially that last minute. That last minute was nail-biting edge your seat. I was screaming at my, Natalie and I are screaming at at the TV. And, and you know how and, the, you know how I know the Leafs know the Leafs feel exactly how I do. Morgan Riley throws the puck over the glass with six seconds left. Oh. Sheldon Keith is laughing on the bench. <laughs> He's <laughs> laughing that his top yeah. defenseman almost fucked the game up because it's the yips. And Morgan Riley, the way he looks up, mm-hmm. no one's been there longer. No one. 
They drafted him in 2012, coming up on 10 years. And he's just like, oh, my God, it's me. It's, you know, if this was going to go sideways, it was going to be one guy and fuck, it might be me tonight. But they did it. it. But they they did did it. it. But they did it. There have been, how many games have the Leafs won in recent memory where they've looked mad heading off the ice? Right. You know what I mean? Uh It's so clearly, where is Paul McClain when you need him? I don't think he's with the team anymore, and he friggin' should be. Because he goes under the couch and ghosts in the car. (laughs) Even (laughs) in the team. He was right. He was right. He was was right. right. All right, boys, let's have a good. Nope, check your mouth guard. There might be demons in there. All right, before you put your gloves on. No, there might be demons in the gloves. Here's your stick. Nope, tape a different one because there's demons in that stick. It's so clearly, like, listen, they're not a perfect team. They do lack certain things. (laughs) No team is perfect. Maybe Tampa. But no team is perfect in the NHL. Avalanche fans will tell you they're not perfect. That monstrosity of a team that just seems to be steamrolling everybody. They're not perfect. But the Leafs, the Leafs' imperfectness is something that no other team can describe. No other team can relate to. Not in this sport. Mm-hmm. Not in hockey. So, not a chance. So this is that, but this is it, right? And I think. Um, first off, I don't think uh, Steve's intention is ever to be quote unquote mean to the Leafs. I don't think that's the, <laughs> I don't think that's the point of LFR. I'm, am I going to be mean today or not? Yeah, I think, I, I think know. what it is, is that sometimes people are going to react to what uh, we don't want to hear. And I put we in there because I want the Leafs to win the Stanley cup and I want them to be a fucking shoe in, in January, even yeah, though me too. that's, that's unrealistic. Yeah, that's completely unrealistic, but that's what I want. I want them to I want them to be perfect now and I want them to be perfect for the next 80 games or whatever it takes them to get there. The reality is this team is going to is is going to get your heart up. So, mm-hmm. I think we sit back, we accept what they are. There is a little bit of magic with this team. There really is. And enjoy this. Enjoy this. They are going to they are going to sometimes in the second period make you want to vomit a little bit uh, yeah. and and let in a bunch of goals. But I think at the same time, like, I, I don't know, man. I believe in this squad more than I believe in the 2020 or the 2021 squad. They're better. They're they are better. better. And they lost. Better. Look at what they lost. Like, like you run down the names. I mentioned the Murray. Kapanen, and Johansson. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Not Johansson. Johnson. Johnson. Um, uh, uh, who else? You, you, more. I mean, they lost. Who? What's that? Trevor Moore. Trevor Trevor Moore. <laughs> the ghost of Nick Foligno. He's an Moore. NHL player. Well, I know, but like, let's talk about oh, like some of the significant. Bl- yeah. Hyman is gone. Like they, yeah, Hyman's gone and they look one. better. Like I, I, I feel, Bogosian's gone. Like there is, there's something about this team where I'm like, this Freddy? team's really, really good. What's that? Freddie. <laughs> and where I'm not you sort of concerned. forget about that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wasn't great last year. He where also wasn't the starter in the Montreal series. That's true. Where I'm not concerned is this. If it's the yips, Steve, the yips are what? What are the yips? It's literally just you suddenly it's in your head. It's you. But what is it? What is it? It's a you become afraid of the thing you're good at fear. There you go. Fear. It's fear. What do these guys have to fear anymore? Really? What do they have to fear? Well, do it again. No, no. 
How? <laughs> Listen, if you go, okay, you go to game seven again, you've already lost game seven. You know what that feels like. You know that the sun comes up the next day. Even if they miss the playoffs, it's like, well, it's better than losing a game seven, isn't it? No. Yeah, it sure is. Let's go. This, go. Like, this time there's guys, consequences. There's a, That's what they said last year. Listen, there's no, no fear. There should no. be no fear on I this team. I think I'm right. None. They've experienced, <laughs> guys, they've experienced this shit. They've consequences been through Consequences for who? This. For who? Somebody. Not for them. Coach, coach and GM. Players. Players fart. No, Maybe. Fine. Art. No. Maybe. I don't, you don't think, think so. You don't think, you don't think we reopen the trade one of the big guys conversation? I don't think so. One. Yeah. Maybe. One of Maybe. them. They're not having There's that conversation with Austin Matthews. The yips They're are not real. having that conversation with Morgan Riley. They're I know the be. yips are real, but what yeah. I would say is they've experienced the depths of heartbreak before. Mm-hmm. What, what I'm, I'm saying bottom. is they've already and they got up <laughs> and they God. trained and they got thought. back on the ice. They're going to be fine. They're going to yeah. be fine. And I think all that shit is finally going to be like, okay, well, like what's am I, the worst I can do is go back to that and, and then try again. So why don't we just win? And I think here's, they're going to win. Here's the I think, they're, gonna, I, I think they're minimum second round team this year. That's what God, I saw I on Saturday so. night. God, yeah, I hope yeah. so. Here's the era that we're in. Brennan Shanahan came in with the young kids in 2016, 17, and he tried to erase the demons Yes. And what he discovered is putting up a bunch of cloves of garlic and changing the banners didn't do it. It didn't work. Changing the jerseys didn't work. It worked for the first 82 games. And then the demon said, guess what? It's Halloween in the spring. And Sheldon Keefe laughing when Morgan Riley put the puck over the glass to me, that wasn't him. That wasn't what the Leafs have been doing, which is trying to change the narrative of what the Leafs are. To me, that's embracing the narrative of what the Leafs are. Genuinely finding humor in your team, almost bottling it. That is the sort of thing they need because they already tried the toughen up and and just barrel through it approach. It didn't work. I need the William Wallace speech where he talks about shooting fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse. We need a little bit of levity here. And that to me was the most encouraging part of the game. Sheldon Keefe laughing and then them ultimately holding the fort. Yep. Cause they can, cause they can do it. Cause they can start They're to believe we can enough. do it. Jeez. Now, the blues are good, but they were missing like a big chunk of what makes them good. Totally. That's your win. <laughs> and yep. they won it. Hey, um, I want to quickly mention before we go to a press conference here, uh, John Klingberg. Mm-hmm. So it came out that the, the, the extension talks with Dallas had fallen apart. I think he wants something like in the neighborhood of like 8 million bucks. They don't want to do that. Um, so he's going to get traded. What shocked me about this, because like, who knows where the hell he's going to go? It's probably Vegas because they can they <laughs> somehow always find a way. Um, Vegas or Tampa, really? Um, uh what I what shocked me about the John Klingberg thing, and maybe it's because I'm not, I'm I'm too far away from the painting to see it, um, is how quickly they were like, okay, we're trading him now. Like they broke mm. off discussions, and usually in these in these kinds of conversations in the NHL, what happens is both sides get mad. One side says we're going to get traded. The other side goes, yeah, okay, we won't miss you. And then they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk as well as try to work out a trade. A trade can't be worked out. So they, um, so then they resign and it's all fine. 
What I'm curious about with the John Klingberg situation, and he was quite frank about it, and the Dallas Stars have been quite frank about it. To me, sometimes negotiations, I mean, anybody, your negotiations can turn sour. I want to know what the hell happened. Because really, at the end of the day, we're talking about a, a very, very good player for them who generates offense on a team that struggles to do so. He's got 17 assists in 29 games. This guy's a, a very important piece of the Dallas Stars. What happened in the negotiations? To me, that, that felt, does that not feel personal to you? Uh, yeah, and if you listen to 32 Thoughts, uh, you come away uh, thinking it's absolutely personal. He's 29 years old. He was drafted in 2010. He's been with the Stars organization the entire time. The entire that, time. He is a star. Like what? It's going to be weird seeing him in somebody else's jersey. Yeah, but... I think he did everything he could for the organization and it was time for his payday and dude. Oh my God. I'm just looking at this. He had 21 points in 26 games in the bubble and was never talked about because Miro Haskinen had 35. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think he, there's probably some disrespect felt there. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of this, or I, I don't think it's surprising to see this sort of thing with a player looking for their big payday because the collective bargaining agreement is designed in a way to screw players like John Klingberg. This is supposed to be his big payday, mm-hmm. but they make you wait to get your big payday until giving you a big payday is a bad idea. He's probably looking for eight years, but now you're giving a 29-year-old eight years. Eight years. It's the same thing people were saying about Morgan Riley. You lock him up to eight years, eight million. He's going to be 37 when that thing's done. That's a problem. So the CBA is designed in a way, and because it's a bad idea, you're not going to do it. All right. Right. The C. It's designed to keep salaries down. So if you're Klingberg, you're probably like, all right, I was a soldier for you, but I know you're going to do right by me. And they're not doing it. With Klingberg, I likened it to anybody who's worked at a company for like five years. And you're like, okay, I deserve a raise now. Like it's the time to bump up my salary. I've been working at this salary for the five years that I've been here and I've been a good entry level employee. And now I'm, I'm moving up and I need a bump in my salary just for my life. And the employee's like, no. We're not going to do that because we don't want to pay you. And you're like, okay, well, I'm out. Like yeah. I, I can go, there's 31 other national hockey league teams. There's other jobs out there. I can go find somewhere else to get me a paycheck. Yep. This dude makes 4.25. That's Unreal. crazy. What a great, holy shitting deal for the Dallas star. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, was it eight years? Seven years. A seven year old. Like he's owed back pay on that just for yes. the discount yes. that he's been taking all these years. Oh, oh my good Lord. And like, l- listen, I know a lot of you are like, well, I'll, t- I'll take that money. Yeah, but you don't, you don't play good hockey as well as John Klingberg. <laughs> yeah, you're not. I got news for you. <laughs> I'll take first, that. If you do anything <laughs> as well as John Klingberg plays yeah. hockey, then you'd be making that kind of money. Me first too, by all, the way. Right. Even if you were that good, you shoot left. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. He good shoots boy. right. He's better yeah. than you. 
Good point. Good point. Good point. <laughs> he's, he's more rare than you. His skill set. Yeah, it's I can I can totally understand. And again, you know, you look at society and Klingberg is doing what a lot of people are doing with minimum wage jobs. But oh, yeah. uh, people are uh, more willing than they have been in decades to say, fuck you. I'm out. Mm hmm. This is what I'm worth. And if you're not willing to pay me what I'm worth, I'm friggin' leaving. And companies have been saying, all right, yeah, you go ahead and try that. But they've been caught off guard by the fact that people are actually doing it. Yeah. And Klingberg, it sounds like at the first sign of disrespect, said, get me the fuck out of here. And I don't know. I, it's nothing against the Dallas Stars, but I kind of respect it. I respect it, too. I like yeah. it. I yeah. like it a lot. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like I like that organization. I like what that team does. Um, they play like them. You know what I mean? Generally speaking, the good teams play like them year in and year out. Um, but this is this is a problem for them. And I know they have playoff aspirations, and it's going to be difficult to make it if you trade this guy. Ooh, man, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me. Something weird. Let's do the press conference. Real quick, we were talking about the Oilers goalie situation. Uh, Stuart Skinner just got placed on COVID protocol. Oh, boy. Dude, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. Earlier Ugh. as well, we were talking about how you were watching the draft lottery and you ran around, Steve. You might not remember, mm. but you were live streaming the draft lottery with Jeff Merrick and Luke Fox and yourself. That's right. On That's right. Sportsnet. And the video is on YouTube. You can go look it up and it features you running around. So we don't need to dig up oh, this video. It is oh. on, it was live streamed and you can go watch it. <laughs> I did, I didn't know that made the final video. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you search uh Leafs, I made a lot. <laughs> Maple Leafs winning the first pick, the like second result is Steve and Jeff Merrick and Luke Fox watching the fir first pick happen. That was uh Jeff Merrick wanted Oh god, what was it? Winnipeg? Jeff Merrick wanted Winnipeg to win. Because he wanted to make the T-shirt, "You take our team, we take your children." Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> because because Arizona-born Austin Matthews would then be playing for the Winnipeg Jets, and Arizona oh. took the Winnipeg Jets. So he wanted the T-shirt, "You take our team, we take your children." Yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. That's yeah. good. Uh, first question was about. Uh, John Klimberg, actually. And uh, Costa on our Discord, if you're not a member of our Discord, go to sdpn.ca and join right now. Do the Leafs go for Chikrin or Klingberg? Uh, I'm just not sure Klingberg is the sort of player they need. They don't, they got Sandine and Riley. I don't think they need Klingberg. Yeah, like. If you need someone on your power play, you 100% go get him. He's tall, 6'3", but, I mean, the Leafs already have a couple guys on the back end who are kind of big for nothing. So, you know, he's a great player. Um, I mean, he'd make the team better, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. uh, he's not necessarily the type of guy they need. And Chikrin, I don't see quite as a match either. 
They need they need a top four. It'd be great if a top four right-handed D who plays like Muzzin was available. Plays like healthy Muzzin. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I'm not going to punish him for offense. It's just you need to be known for defense too. Yep. Next question. This is from Aaron. Just wondering if you guys are excited for the PGA Tour Netflix documentary. It's supposed to be similar to the F1 one. As oh, a I hadn't fan, even heard of it. I can't wait for people to get into the sport and golf, uh, the sport of golf and see the players' personalities. So if you didn't see, Netflix has started following around uh, golf golfers in the PGA Tour, and they have permission to film at all four majors and a whole bunch of other tournaments. So they are coming out with their own version of Drive to Survive for the PGA Tour. It's going to be released, I don't know, I guess at the end of uh, this season in the fall, but they've started filming and they have permission for all the Grand Slams. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Are you guys excited? I'm, I'm excited for their catchy name. What are they going to call it? Can't call it Swing, swing to Survive. <laughs> to pass the par. Par, par the bar. I don't know. Par for the, the course. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey. Ooh. Oh. E. I, I, I am excited because golf does have some great personalities right now. And I think the over-reliance on Tiger Woods for the last 20 years for anything golf related is distracting from the rivalries. And there's some like, honestly, some like great personalities who don't like the typical golf shit, which is very like, you have to wear these shoes and you must wear this pants and you like, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't, they don't work that way. So I, I kind of like it. I th- I love the idea. Um, I don't know if you're going to get Steve into golf, but <laughs> I'm into it. No, it. I, it makes sense for me to learn to golf because you two both seem to like it. And also my Scottish in-laws really, really like it. And I don't know. I think it's, it, I think it'd be a lot more fun if I was any good. It's all the people that you play with though. Like if you play yeah. with people that take golf too seriously, the reason I stopped golfing regular is I watched um, a family friend wrap a golf club around a tree. And I was like, hey, gay. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm not going to do that. Go anymore. Like, I just don't enjoy sir. that. Like if you're, if you're out there and you're like, fuck, I fucking believe what kind of round I'm having. I'm like, I don't want to do this. That's why I stopped <laughs> playing softball. People are like, what the fuck was that? Why did you throw it for? It's like softball. Chill yeah. the fuck we played one softball game. <laughs> oh, Jesse, we, we killed it. That we fucking it. team we played. A few oh, of those people took softball a little too serious. We like, had a great team. Jesse and I were fucking murderers row, man. We killed uh, yeah. it. it was great. Three and four in the batting order. That was a good time. Salty snacks. Um, um, golf is the is the best hangout activity in the world, I think. You yeah. know, if, if it's just you and, and three other people you really enjoy, and I don't know if you have a couple of spicy pops while you're driving the carts around the course, like you don't even need to keep score. It's just a great time walking around with your friends. Like, yeah. I hope you guys watch yeah. this and you get into golf and it's a good time. I don't know if I'll get into watching it because I watch too many sports, but um, I definitely watch the series. Yeah, and, no, uh, I'm talking about the series. Yeah, Ooh. but like I yeah. would love to take up <laughs> golf again. Once we have like one of these days, I'd like to have a free moment to do anything other than work. As soon as that happens, um, <laughs> I'm, I want to golf. I, I want to golf with you guys too because it'd be fun. So I'd really yeah. like that. You know? Totally. <laughs> totally. All right. Uh, last thing that I need to bring up is the Humboldt Broncos and the Melfort Mustangs. Did you see their game that happened on Friday? Did not. No. So on Friday, the uh, Mustangs and the Broncos played and there was a controversy 
in the game because a player was in the box for an extra goal. So the Broncos, the uh, Mustangs took a penalty. They had a player in the box. And then when a goal was scored, the referees forgot to bring him out of the box and nobody noticed. And another goal was scored and the Broncos ended up winning the game. Crazy, right? Why didn't he tap the glass? Like, hey, hey nobody noticed. He could have let himself out. I don't know. I don't know That's how it, um, the refs incorrectly kept Melfort player in a penalty box and Humboldt tied it and then won an OT. So that was around like nine minutes left in the game. Melfort goes to the league. They, pro- they protest the game. The league says, you win your protest. What? So what, what do you think happens they, next? They have to throw the game. They have to just erase it, right? Replay. You can't give the win to another team. Uh-uh. Replay. Saturday, they They're come back. It. They play the last nine minutes and 42 seconds of the game. No way. <laughs> I love this. That's so, so great. So, wow. so Melfort and Humboldt were set to play again on Saturday because that's how the league works. You play back to back games in junior all the time. Yeah. So at before they start their game on Saturday, they play nine minutes and 42 seconds of Friday night's game. So Friday night from nine minutes and 42 seconds on, it's a race from the history books. They restart with the player out of the box in the correct score that it should have been the goals that Humboldt scored after that don't count. Melfort goes on to win that game. Oh, <laughs> so, you got to televise that. I want to watch that. Oh, shit. yeah. Because imagine the team that won the first one wins this one. And they go, yeah, no, 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 what I'm saying is oh. that this is what happened last Saturday. Oh, they right. replayed it. They replayed it on Saturday. Oh, they did. It's oh, already done. That's that's what I'm. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you what happened on Saturday. Oh, so what they, happened? They replayed the game. Melfort players in the box. Uh, they take him out of the box. Um, Melfort goes on to score a couple goals, and they win the game in overtime. Wow! Yeah. So they instead of having that loss, they win the game last Saturday. Man, I love that. That's the way it should be. <laughs> That's the way it should be. What, one of the things most under talked about um, just rigged screwings in uh, recent hockey memory for me was uh, the Marlies against the Norfolk Admirals 2012 Calder Cup final. They get scored on. The puck takes a weird bounce off the glass and uh, Norfolk takes advantage and they score. Yeah. There's a problem. Weird bounce off the glass or not, Norfolk was offside. They were offside. And, but it's okay. The way they rectified the situation was after the game, the league announced that was offside. And we're sorry. What? Replay overtime. It's the final. Nope. We're sorry. We're very, very sorry. So you think what Ooh. happened here is the correct call? You bring the teams back and you replay the game? Yeah, stop fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's an unprecedented decision. That's why I thought it was so crazy because I don't think I've ever seen a team come back and play a hockey game after just an officiating error. I love that. And officiating errors are going to happen. We're human beings. It happens. Yes. What we shouldn't do is encourage me- mediocrity, which is what we're currently doing with our current official core. Yeah. Wearing, it, it should be the best. Oh, if you fuck up like that, you're on probation. You fuck up like that again. You know, like I, I just I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. We should be, uh, you know, we make these players work so their whole lives 
And, you know, I know it's tough to be an NHL official. I'm not saying it's not. It's very, very, very difficult. But you should be, have to be at that high standard your entire career. What about the time an umpire screwed up a perfect game for a pitcher? Said that they screwed up a perfect game for the pitcher. Appealed to the league. Hey, me, the umpire who umpired that game, I screwed up. So undo that. And baseball said no. Well, it's baseball. They're idiots. You know, Ken Rosenthal. No, it's not. It's a perfect game. Ken Rosenthal is the best voice in one of the best voices in the MLB. He worked for the MLB network. He criticized Rob Manfred and he was suspended. And then they just let him go. Yeah. Guys on like ESPN. He's a writer for the athletic. The guys, he's a, he's the best. And they, and the, the league's like, we don't care. We don't need the best on our TV. We need somebody who just falls in line. For it's fucking crazy. For as much as I hate Gary Bettman, I think I hate Rob Manfred more. Yeah. Just Oof. because of how flippant he is with the the sport that he's in charge of. Like he oh, one time crazy. he called the World Series trophy a hunk of metal. Yeah. Like, do you remember that it was in the middle of the yes. pandemic when they were trying to hand out yes. the World Series? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't know if we need to hand out this hunk of metal. Bro, that's that's the trophy for your whole sport. That's the whole reason anybody plays. That's the point. That granted, trophy is the point. Granted, it's a genuinely terrible trophy, but <laughs> they've it's been playing fragile. their whole life. Yeah. yeah. It's why they think it's a fragile. <laughs> yeah. So he's wrong. It's several dozen hunks of metal. <laughs> like, what a piece of crap. But wow. it's the trophy they've been competing for for their entire lives. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Idiots. Boy, that's a. Uh, All of them. That's a that's a stiff competition, Jesse. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I think we'll leave it at that. So we're going to see you on Wednesday um, and Friday this week. We're very excited. Announcement? Uh, no, I don't know yet. <gasps> you don't? I, don't I thought Wednesday I mean, I think, was announcement. I think I think it might be, but I just I don't know. Oh, I'm going to fight you. Hear. Don't worry. We'll hear. I haven't heard yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking confirmation today. I'm going to put chains on my tires and I'm going to fight you. I know. Fair enough. If you can get to me, you can fight me. I'll <laughs> let you have the first punch. <laughs> and I'll make uh, sure that my neighbor work. snow puts all the snow in my walkway. So you can't walk up. Oh no. It's okay. you and me versus your neighbor. There okay. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, listen, thanks so much for listening. We will see you Wednesday and then Friday. And don't forget to check out the CJ show with Julian McKenzie because they do a great job too. And they put out an, out, uh, an episode every Monday and it's amazing. And it, they talk about the Oilers today. What else, Jesse? What else do they talk about? Ah, all-star stuff. They had some really good off the top of the show uh, on the all-star snubs because the all-star game isn't really a a showcase of the best players. It's just kind of these guys. They're on a heater. Their show's been really good the last few. Yeah, every show's great. great Yeah, but they're especially great. We love you. (laughs) We'll see you next time. on Twitter at Steve underscore dangle at Adam W Y L D E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.